Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is. And you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. You hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Livestock and poultry producers are continuously faced with challenges to feed quality. Molds and mycotoxins are two such feed quality profit robbers that can have significant negative impacts on animal health and performance. But managing molds and mycotoxins is not always straightforward. An integrated approach is critical to maximize livestock and poultry performance. I'm joined by Dr. Vanessa Seri, who works with the Kemen's Monogastric Technical Service Team. Dr. Iseri joined Kemen in 2015, and in her time at Kemen, Dr. Iseri has been an integral part of developing the poultry research, sales support materials, and field sales technical support for the Kemen's poultry team. Dr. Iseri earned a Bachelor of Science in Animal Science from the University of California, Davis, a Master of Science in Agriculture, from California Polytechnic State University, and a PhD in animal biology with a focus in nutrition and immunology from the University of California, Davis. Welcome, Dr. Isiri. So, doctor, why should producers be concerned about feed quality, specifically molds and mycotoxins? Yeah, so... Producers work um, to maximize efficiency in livestock and poultry operations. And certainly molds and mycotoxins that are found in the feed can really hinder the ability to to maximize efficiency. And certainly molds and mycotoxins, as far as um, that hindrance, can vary from year to year. Certainly molds and mycotoxins can be more pronounced from one year to the other. And that really has a lot to do with the growing conditions that are recurring during the time of um, the grain being uh, processed and, and handled. Sounds interesting. Can you go more in depth about molds and mycotoxins? So yeah, so molds or fungi can grow in a variety of different types of crops, whether you're talking about grains, cereals, and so there's a wide variety of different types of molds that do exist, but in particular for livestock and poultry, um, we kind of focused on a select few. And so those could be aspergillus, fusarium, penicillium. And so these types of molds can grow out in the field or they can grow during when the grains are, are stored in storage bins. And so what's unique about molds is that they can grow in a variety of different types of temperatures and moisture conditions. So for example, with aspergillus, aspergillus molds likes to grow really well in warm, dry weather. Um, Yet with fusarium, um, fusarium mold likes to grow in cold human types of uh, conditions. So certainly storing grains, um, wet grains in particular, in a silo or during storage is going to create an environment where you're going to have um, a huge, great conditions for mold growth to occur. 
Hmm, wow. So molds can be challenging for poultry and livestock operations. Do mycotoxins have a dramatic effect on feed quality? Yeah, they do. You know, mycotoxins um, are secondary metabolites that molds grow or produce. And so there's a wide variety, over 500 different types of mycotoxins um, that do exist. But certainly, um, we only have a small group that we focus on for livestock and poultry. Um, some include aflatoxins, demonicin, T2, and xeralanone. And so these types of mycotoxins that are produced by molds are really for um, defense mechanism by the bolts. And so certain types of growing conditions or certain types of stresses that the mold undergoes, whether it's heat, um, pH, oxygen, and moisture will create that environment for the mold to secrete mycotoxins. And so they not only secrete just one mycotoxin, they can secrete multiple types of mycotoxins. And so something that we need to take into consideration when we talk about mycotoxins in the feed is that you can't remove the mycotoxin from the feed once it's been produced by molds. So um, certainly that's something that producers need to take into um, consideration. So what are the impacts of molds and mycotoxins on animal health and performance? So molds and mycotoxins in regards to, to animal health and performance can certainly, um, can certainly vary. And it really depends on the species and life stage of that particular animal. Um, certainly when we talk about a young chick, will be much more susceptible to those molds and mycotoxins in the field compared to a, um, in, an adult broiler. The same can go with a young piglet compared to a older um, pig. Many of us are familiar with molds. However, mycotoxins are less known. Can you, can you tell us more about them? So mycotoxins are really unique, as I mentioned before, is that you can't remove it from, from the feed. And so what's interesting about mycotoxins is that, as I mentioned before, molds can secrete one, two, or even three types of mycotoxins. And so mycotoxins can really have a negative impact on animal performance. And it really depends on the, the situation or the environmental stresses that the animal is undergoing. So a great example is when there are enteric challenges that an animal is undergoing, um, and that creates this environment in the small intestine, such as leaky gut or just um, the epithelial um, barrier being um, affected. So you have less integrity. And so that allows for the toxins to come into the internal environment of the host, which certainly can create um, a bunch of problems and ultimately affecting. Um, performance. So any sort of chronic ingestion of mycotoxins can certainly affect the animal's performance, but ultimately affect other factors uh, within the animal, whether we're talking about immunity or just making them much more susceptible to other types of challenges in their environment. What signs should a producer be on the lookout for to see if their feeds may have a mold and or mycotoxin challenge? So in some circumstances, um, you can visually see mold on the grains, but that's very low types of instances where you can do that. Um, the best way to really be on the lookout for molds and mycotoxins is to really test the grains for both of those components, um, as well as trying to kind of minimize 
the environment for mold growth, um, whether it's um, kind of doing some changes to how you store the corn or how you store the grains. Are mycotoxins identified the same way as molds? One of the, I guess, problems with with mycotoxins is that we don't really have a, a great idea of the negative impact they have on performance. Certainly, there's been a lot of research looking on mycotoxins and performance. But one of the things that really hasn't been dialed in about it is that, you know, there's different levels of mycotoxins. Um, there's different types of mycotoxins and there's number of mycotoxins that can be released. So really understanding how mycotoxins affect performance is something hard to do. So certainly mycotoxins can um, affect reproduction, the overall performance of an animal um, in conjunction with other types of stresses that are going on with the animal. Tell me more about strategies to help producers manage molds and mycotoxins? So when it comes to managing molds and mycotoxins, it's a really good idea to have a comprehensive approach to it. And so that includes the monitoring of molds and mycotoxins in, in, in the grains. Um, so specifically for molds, it's, it's possibly treating um, the grains with a blend of different types of organic acids. Um, in order to prevent that mold growth prior to being um, stored or prior to being loaded on a ship and sent off from one port to the other. And certainly when we talk about mycotoxins, trying to find um, products that allow for those mycotoxins to be bound or sequestered so they don't have access um, to getting inside the internal environment of the host. Is uh, Kevin involved with helping the poultry and livestock industries improve feed quality by minimizing the negative effects of molds and mycotoxins? Yeah, absolutely. So Kevin has done a really good job um, over the years of thoroughly testing and evaluating and really trying to find the perfect um, combination of organic acids for for mold inhibitors. Certainly, we always recommend for our nutritionists to test these types of grains to really understand what the mold and mycotoxin load is. And certainly Kemen has those solutions for, for, for mold inhibitors. And additionally, you know, uh, Kemen has the solutions for sequestering or binding up of mycotoxins, as we certainly know that they can have an impact on performance, trying to neutralize those mycotoxins. Um, some examples can include hydrated sodium calcium types of minerals, um, in addition to um, some research that has been done um, using zeolites, which can kind of bind up the uh, mycotoxins and, and hopefully not allow for the mycotoxins to affect performance. Why is it so important to manage for molds and mycotoxins? Yeah, so I mean, certainly the investment in feed ingredients accounts for about 70 to 80 percent of feed cost production. So managing the feed quality or the ingredient quality is, is certainly critical for this. So really developing a very robust uh, testing program at the feed mill to test incoming grains from molds and mycotoxins is really going to um, 
allow or minimize those instances where you get a bad load or of, of grain that's filled with mold and mycotoxins of affecting your animal performance or the efficiency that we talked about early on in the program. Um, ideally, you know, the, the goal is to find a, loads of grain that don't have either one, but certainly that's not realistic. So really um, including products like mold inhibitors and feed ingredients that, that bind up or sequester mycotoxin is really the ideal way to manage that. There's nothing simple about uh, mitigating the effects of molds and mycotoxins. It takes a program approach to ensure feed is safe and can be fed to poultry and livestock. I'd like to thank Vanessa from Kemen Industries for joining us today, and I encourage our listeners to tune in next week to see what's on tap in animal agriculture.